0: Unstoppable Success Radio, episode 111. Exciting news for all the listeners of Unstoppable Success Radio. We've partnered with Audible to bring you the audio version of Unstoppable, nine principles for unlimited success in business and in life. My 11-time international bestseller is now available on audio version absolutely for free. Go to kellyroachcoaching.com slash unstoppable and when you register for an absolutely free trial of audible you're going to get your version for free go to kellyroachcoaching.com forward slash unstoppable to get your free copy of the audiobook today welcome to unstoppable success radio i am your host kelly roach and i am honored to have with me here today carrie wilkerson carrie welcome to the show
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: She's better known around the world as the barefoot executive, which we are going to be talking about throughout the interview today. But I want to give you guys a little bit of a rundown of some of the amazing accomplishments that Carrie's had, and then I will open it up to her to fill in any gaps. So Carrie is a small-town girl who is able to think beyond the city limits. Carrie Wilkerson is a best-selling author, an international speaker, and a sought-after radio guest. She's been featured on CNN and Fox Business News. News, and she was named by Forbes as a top small business influencer. She's also consulted with businesses such as Dr. John Maxwell's team, Zig Ziglar, Google, and other influential business leaders on business strategy and current trends. However, Carrie most enjoys helping ordinary people lead extraordinary lives. Carrie speaks from the experience of a former corporate clock puncher, a high school teacher, a direct sales representative, a growth consultant, and business coach. She got her big start in high school bagging groceries for tips only on a military base and now she makes her living by giving tips to over 100,000 men and women as the barefoot executive. She can help you build the business you need so that you can live the life you want by connecting the dots between your why and your do. I absolutely love that. Carrie has paid off over six figures in debt. She's lost half of her body weight, over 135 pounds. She's run several successful businesses from home. She's the proud mama of four kids, ages elementary school through college. Carrie, welcome to the show. Thank
1: you so much.
0: Man, it's an honor to have you here, Carrie. I know that I've watched your work and followed you for quite a long time, so I'm just thrilled to be able to share you with everybody that's listening. Um, Are there any gaps that you want to fill in there or anything I missed that you want to make sure our listeners have as we get started here?
1: Um, no, I mean, that's, that's such a big snapshot of me. Let's just, let's just dive in and see where it goes. Yeah, definitely. Well, where I want to start is with this concept of the
0: barefoot executive, like where did that originate? And how has that impacted the brand and the work that you do in the world? Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So it was actually just a nickname that I had, you know, I'm in the South. And at one point I was running, you know, multiple high six figure business from home while homeschooling my older two. And for the first time in 11 years, I had become pregnant. So my older two are adopted Mm. and I was humongous. And when I mean humongous, like fat and happy pregnant, (laughs) I mean humongous. I, I mean like 260 pounds humongous. So I was at a heavy, heavy weight, but I also was happier than i had ever been because i was um you know just meeting several dreams at that moment and i was coming down the stairs one day and my husband said um you know there's there's a southern joke about men keeping their wives at home barefoot and pregnant he said but i've got that plus a barefoot executive. You are running this amazing company. You're barefoot. Of course, I probably was also in overalls, you know, because I'm pregnant, you know, holding up that belly. But um, he said, you've got to write a book called The Barefoot Executive. You've got to tell people how to do this. You've got to tell people that they can have it all depending on what all looks like for them because you have figured it out. And so I wrote in my journal that day that was um that was probably January 2004. I wrote in my journal that day, you know, write a book called The Barefoot Executive. And then I did. Of course, it took me till 2011 because I added another kid in the meantime. But um, but that's, that's where it all started. And I started a website in 2007 just to see if the concept resonated with people. Are there other people working at home feeling alone or feeling like what resources are there for me? I did not intend to be an expert. I did not intend to have an international platform, um, I really just felt a little isolated and I thought there have to be more than just me out there. So, so that's what I did in August, uh, August 27, 2007. I launched my website called the barefoot executive. I had a 10 week old, my fourth was 10 weeks old. And isn't that crazy? Cause that's what we do. We start a new business. Yeah. yeah. And, um, (laughs) Anyway, and so it resonated with people very quickly and and that became the brand. The brand now is Carrie Wilkerson. It's more of a self-development, professional growth brand, but the barefoot executive part of the brand is the home business, side hustle, build your own income, be independent brand.
0: I love that. And you know what, I know that the vast majority of our listeners carry and, and certainly my clients, I know, um, every single one of them are either juggling, you know, one of three scenarios, right? They're either at home with kids and building a business, they're right. working full time and building a business, or they're already running a business and ripping their hair out trying to manage family, home, kids, business, right. you know, all of these things. And I always say, no one has it simple these days, right? right. Like there is no simple, clean situation. So I love that you're like leaning into this, and you're saying, "Hey, like this is what it is," but you can show people how to work within, you know, what whatever situation they're with. You know, you did it with four kids and homeschooling, and
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> and amazing. I've done I've done all of that. Like when I started the Barefoot Executive, I already had the publishing company, and I already had the staff and the the office building, and. Um, it was literally one of those downtown places where the office is in the front and, and our apartment was in the back. You know, we kind of created that space in our little country town for that reason. And um, and then so I built a business with another business and a full-time gig, and I built a business with little kids as well as older kids and homeschooling as well as private or public schooling. And now, of course, my kids are a little older, and they're 9, 12, 19, and almost 21. Wow. So. Yeah, I, I have been there and done that with all of it and I get it and I understand it from a different perspective than, you know, just the cocktail party advice, right? Yeah. I mean, it's in the trenches advice with the baby on my hip and a lot of In a lot of scenarios.
0: Yeah. So if you were giving the people listening three things that you were like, these are absolutes that you must live by. If you are, amidst crazy right now, family, school, kids, work, business, all of this, and you want to succeed at it all. You know, you want to keep your family together. You want to make sure the kids have what they need, but you also want to build your dream business. What are three things that you would say, these are absolute musts?
1: Wow. You know, that's a hard thing because I'm not a person, other than my faith, I'm not a person that believes in a ton of absolutes because I think our lives and our family all look so, so different. But what I will say is some, some maybe loose guidelines, I would say, is you have to decide what having it all looks like for you. Mm-hmm. So what you said is we want to have it all. Well, yes, but your all may look different than my all um, your measure of success or income or, uh, influence or parenting, whatever that looks like may be different. And you need to first create your definition of success and all. And you need to make sure that that's really your definition and not what you're reading on somebody else's blog or influenced by their book or hearing on their radio show. Their numbers don't have to be your numbers. Their schedule doesn't have to be your schedule. Their balance doesn't have to be your balance. And let me give you an example on that. I have a cousin and she's brilliant. She's nine months to the day younger than me. So the joke in the family is I was so beautiful that her parents are like, let's go home from visiting Carrie and let's make one of these. (laughs) That's so funny. And, And we are wired so much the same. But when she's on maternity leave, she never takes more. Than ten days or twelve days because she 's dying to get back to the classroom she knows she functions better there than she does at home she knows she 's not wired to be stay at home and so her version of success, her version of having it all is the kids well taken care of thriving in her career, and she has a side um, interior decorating business that 's her definition, and mine looks very different and then our other cousin is very different so. Are we all successful? Yes, very much so in our own definition. So that being said, number one, you have to know what your having it all looks like. Um, number two is you can have it all, but you don't have to do it all. <laughs> yes. Brilliant. And I, yes. I don't know that I've ever said it that way before. So somebody make me a little quote image. There with you that. Go. Quote on yeah. that. I don't it's have tweetable. Yeah. Tweet that. Um, you can have it all, but you don't have to do it all. The, um, I don't do the laundry. Okay. So people say, Oh, you're so lucky to not do the laundry. You know what? We are a partnership, whether you, you have a spouse or you have kids in the house or whether you hire somebody like laundry care, you know, um, You can't do it all and do it all well. And if you expect that of yourself, whether you're male or female, you're going to fail at something. I think it's hysterical. um, And I'm painting with a broad brush here. But I think it's hysterical that men don't think a thing about hiring somebody to help do the lawn But women will almost stroke out before they hire somebody to clean the house or hire somebody to do the laundry or pay the kids to do it. Now, my kids wash and fold their own laundry. Yes, they're 9 and 12, and they wash and fold their own laundry. And I'm raising independent, equipped kids that are not going to depend on me and move back in with me. It's just, you know, it's win-win. Do they fold them the way I would? know? Do they hang them the way I would? (laughs) know? Do they put them in the drawers? No, but you know what? My kids smell good and my kids have clean clothes and they're learning some responsibility. So I cut myself some slack on that. I have my house deep cleaned about once a quarter with a housekeeper, deep cleaned about once a quarter. And then we do a full out like scrub about once a month as a family. We like turn on the music and we scrub. Um, but I'll tell you, if you come over during the week, you're you're liable going to see liable. That's not even a word. You're liable to see some dust. Um, you might see some cobwebs. You might. My house is not perfect. Now it's comfortable and it's beautiful and it feels very at home. But I'm telling you, you're not going to be able to always see yourself in the shiny coffee table every single day. You've got to know where your give and take is. I also, my kids are very active in musical theater. I have one studying to be on Broadway. And so um, my husband travels about 80% of the time with his job. And sometimes I need an extra driver. And my other two are now like at college and trade school. So um, I sometimes hire a homeschool teenager or a college kid. To help me with those lessons at night, to drive them there, to get a Starbucks, to wait on them and then to come home mm-hmm. for extra hands. You say, well, that's, you know, that's time I'm missing with them. You know what? My kids, because I've chosen my help wisely, have some great role models and big brother and sister figures that they really look up to and have a good sounding board for. It's a win-win. Plus, I'm adding to their economy and I'm employing, you know, really great kids. So you cannot do it all, whether you need help in your business, whether you need help at the house, or whether you just need to decide. Sometimes it's a season of letting some things go. We've got to cut ourselves some slack that way. Number three, and this one is super important, um is you have to have a routine and a schedule, period. You have to have a routine and a schedule, Freedom is in structure and I am as anti schedule and as anti alarm clock and as anti boss establishment as the next guy. But then what happens is if we work when we're motivated or we work when we feel like it or we work when whatever stuff doesn't get done and it piles up and then we're carrying around this guilt with us all the time about what we should be doing and could be doing and ought to be doing and should have already done We have to have a schedule. For me, that means I must, must, must get up before the kids. I must get up before the kids. I have my quiet time. I have my coffee. I read. I journal. I just kind of have my own space, my own time before they get up. If I let the kids get me up, I'm reacting to that all day long. And mamas and dads are making this mistake over and over. Oh, but I need to sleep because they don't sleep at night. Or I like to work better at night. You know what? All those things that you're telling yourself, guys, are just just delaying your success. I promise you there is no energy like morning routine and morning energy. Read The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. It's a Mm -hmm. game changer. If you'll really do it 15, 30, 45 minutes at a time, stop selling yourself the lie that you deserve to relax, I think you need to earn it, yes. not just deserve it. So that that's another soapbox for another time. But routines are important. So maybe maybe Tuesday routine, like my Tuesday and Thursdays, are when I do interviews and podcasting and video recording, and the, I block them on those days. I know that that's what's happening on those days. That started years ago when I had kids in Mom's Day Out on a Tuesday or a Thursday. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of stuck, uh, you know, through all that time. But I know what Tuesdays and Thursdays look like. Like um, Monday tends to be an admin and kind of catch up day. So it's a little looser. Fridays, I don't like to work that much. I just don't. So I plan half a day on Friday uh, to really bust my list out. I do follow up Friday and finish up Friday. I tie up loose ends. I do thank you notes. I send gifts. I do outreach, those kind of things. And I then I shut it down guilt free, you know, by one o'clock if I want to go play with the kids or, you know, go do something fun. So I would say that those three things um, are key. You have to know what success looks like for you and not worry about what anybody else thinks. Number two is you have to know you can have all of that from point number one, but you can't do all of that. So you need to have some help. And that doesn't have to cost you a lot of money. Sometimes it's just a matter of enlisting help at the house from the shareholders, bartering with other people, Or using some smart software, you know, in your business that helps you do some of those things. And then three is there's freedom and structure. You have to have a schedule. You have to plan your success or it's not going to happen.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, those are perfect and they're so powerful. And, you know, what I really love about everything that you just shared there, Carrie, is that it's all about integrating your business and your life. I think that in the past, um, things were seen as being very separate. Yeah. And it was very much, like, in a box and compartmentalized, like, this is home, this is work, when you're at work, this and... – but it's not. Like, nope. our, our business is impacted by our life. Our life is impacted by our business. And ultimately, our business and life come together to form the vast majority of our life experience, you know? Right. So I think all the things you share there are so powerful. And I also love that you're bringing up, you know, the importance of getting help at home, like – and and also I think people need to have perspective around that because I, I agree with you. I think women especially, you know, sometimes have a hard time asking for help or spending money to get help. And, you know, I came from a family where actually my mom cleaned houses and had a cleaning business when I was very young so that she could bring my little brother with her um, yep. when I was growing up I cleaned my dance studio to pay for my dance lessons and yep. now I have a cleaning lady that comes to my house every week and I don't feel guilty one single bit because she has a business she's able to support right. her family she's yep. able to live the life that she wants to and be there to pick her kids up from school and be involved and have a flexible schedule and and that's time that then I get to spend with my family right and so I really like that you're drawing everyone's attention to the integrated business and life that we lead and that it's not compartmentalized and that you really have to be strategic. And I think that's really at the heart of what you're saying, being strategic about how you're looking at the whole picture, not just compartmentalizing one or the other and making the right decision in the grand scheme of like what you want your life experience to be, right?
1: Right, and as and a lot of times as parents, we feel so guilty. Like, oh, I feel like I'm working all the time, or when I'm working, I'm not paying attention to them. Listen, your kids do not need 24 seven of you. Number one, we need to be raising independent adults. Yes. We need to be raising kids that can be bored or find ways to entertain themselves without a screen, if necessary. We need to also know that they can be problem solvers. Or you say, you know what? This is reading time. Mom's gonna yes read this business book, and now here's your book. My, I pay my kids to read. Uh, they're they're They all have series that they're working on through the summer and they get paid for that. And then they turn around and put that money in their car account because guess what? I don't buy their cars either. They buy their own cars uh, with money that they earn with chores and reading and Christmas and birthday or whatever. We match it on the way into the bank account. So it's win win for them to read and to be developing their minds, So I'll say, you know what? I've got to read. I've got to work on this paperwork right here. This is going to be reading time. Guys, it's not a bad thing to train our kids. We don't have to be entertaining them all the time, coddling them or play dating them all the time. My kids will tell you they have the most fun life ever. And I will tell you, you know, that the fact is I'm not spending a whole lot of time making sure they're entertained every minute. They just have a different mindset about it. Yeah. Because because I've been training them for 18 years that mom works. And they think I'm a rock star and they want to work for themselves. And they hear, I overhear them bragging on me all the time. And they <laughs> oh, don't feel, yeah, so and they don't feel neglected one bit. They really don't. So I think part of this whole parent, this whole kid-centered nucleus of a society we have created can be super harmful. We've got to kind of take back. We've got to take back our life and realize that That kids can be part and parcel of the whole thing, but but we don't have to revolve around them.
0: Oh, my gosh. I couldn't agree more. I mean, heck, we all grew up. We played outside all day long in the summer, you know, for 15 hours straight. We played basketball. We played with the kids in the neighborhood. I mean, what the heck? I don't know where things kind of got off. You're right, that every hour needs to be mapped out. Every hour needs to be a play date or this or that. It's absolutely crazy. So um, I love that. And, you know, it it sounds like, Carrie, you've really put so much thought into being very intentional about – Kind of the rituals that you have in your family life, in the way that you're raising your kids to prepare them, you know, to go out into the world, even just the the step of um, homeschooling them. Can you share a little bit about that decision, and you know, just kind of how that's impacted your life, and and what, how you feel that's benefiting them?
1: Yeah, so I don't homeschool mine their whole entire career. We've done homeschool, public school, private school, a combination. We've done all of it, just as recently as these last two years. My younger two have been in a school which is called the university model, meaning they go on Tuesday, Thursday, and Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, they work on a syllabus at home with a parent teacher. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's been a combination. They are going back to traditional charter school this year, and that's because it has a more expanded fine arts curriculum, and my kids are very integrated in the fine arts. And to be honest, they really love a daily schedule. They didn't like going just a couple of days a week. They're really kind of all or nothing. They, they want to either be homeschooled all the time or they want to do school all the time. So this year, they're actually moving into a new schooling environment. My older two, I homeschooled for different reasons. They're 19 months apart. My son has brain damage. He kind of hit a ceiling in third grade with some behavioral and learning challenges While his sister in second grade was not being challenged and she was just off the charts board and, um, and excelling. And so we pulled them out to work very closely with them for the year so that we could get a sense of where they were. We ended up skipping her ahead of grade, uh, schooling them in the same grade and kind of seeing where to go from there. And she actually graduated high school at age 16. She went back into public school at uh, sixth grade because she wanted to be part of the band. She wanted to be in the marching band like her mama. And she was the uh, drum major of the band that I was the drum major of. So that's kind of a, a fun thing. But we we make those decisions year by year and child by child, realizing that with four kids, we have four learning styles yeah. um, and four things that are going to work better. And that is one of the reasons I work at home is so I can choose those options for them. T- to be frank, if I'm gone nine to five, I can't necessarily drop off at different campuses or um, homeschool one and not the other. So that's one of the reasons because of my son's learning challenges, his sister's, you know, learning advances and exceptionalism it just kind of led us into choice based education. So uh, but homeschooling, I mean, they're independent kids. They're good learners. They see the big picture. They're very logical. My um, 18 year old, college junior, the one that graduated so early. She's now a college junior. She's spending nine weeks in the projects of New York City, uh, working with underprivileged youth and tutoring adults in GED and job application skills. Um, to, to And she's being totally independent. She's got her subway card. She's got her apartment. She's cooking all her own meals. She, and she's 18 years old. A lot of parents would freak out about their little Southern yeah. girl. Being in New York. Right. But I tell you but I tell you what, um, I, I'm not nervous about it at all. I raised her to be the yeah. kid that she is and she's doing an amazing job. She's halfway through now. We're gonna go see her in four weeks and bring her home after spending four days in New York together. But she's navigating the system. She's navigating like going to see Broadway shows. A proud mama moment last week. She won a Broadway um lotto to go see American in Paris and uh, nobody else wanted to go. So she went by herself. She took herself to dinner. She was out and shopping and picked her places of wish list She wanted to go. And she was just roaming Manhattan um, by herself without needing anybody to coddle her or make her feel better or bounce her decisions off of. And I thought, okay, that's, that's why we do what we do. She said, you know, when I get stuck or when I get frustrated, I think, what would mom say to do? And then what would mom do? Mm-hmm. And she said that's really helping her. So I love that. If there's anything I can leave as a legacy, independent. Self-assured kids is the number one thing. It's worth all of it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's amazing. you just said the word, and that's exactly what I was going to say. I think that you know all these things that you're sharing right here, like this is the legacy, like this is yeah. what you're building. This is what's possible um, when you do make that decision and really commit to entrepreneurship. And you know, obviously, you know, there's people listening that are all different levels. Some are already running successful businesses, but maybe they don't feel like they have the freedom you know, that that they wanted to have when they started their business. And maybe some people are just getting started and and are trying to figure out how to make it all work. But I think the examples that you're giving here, Carrie, really just show what that intention can lead to. And I know for me, you know, I have a two-year-old, so we're talking about schooling Mm -hmm. choices and being intentional about all these things as parents. And I really love just the, the wisdom of hearing these choices that you've made and now how you're seeing that play out you know, for your kids as they grow older. Yeah. That's absolutely awesome. So I know you coined this term, the, the mom flicked, and I think it could be <laughs> the dad flick too. Um, but can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, mom flicked. I'll never forget the day that I came up with that term. And of course, dad flicked is just not as catchy because it doesn't sound like conflict. But I was sitting in a seminar. I had gone to speak and I had already spoken. It was one of those three-day events. It was the last day. Um, my kids were starting school the next day. My flight wasn't going to leave till that night. So they were they were doing school supplies that day and all those things. And, and I won't mention the now famous speaker that I was listening to. He was not as famous then. But I remember sitting there going, I want to be with my kids today. I kind of want to be listening to him, but I don't think he even gets like who I am or who my people are. I don't think he's relatable at all. I'm really not even believing what he's saying to me. Like, this is all of the dialogue in my head. I said, I'm so conflicted. I'm such a mom. Mom flicked. I have mom flicked. I registered the domain like right there while yeah. he was- while he was talking, here was the order. I registered the domain while he was talking, and then I went over to my airline page and changed my ticket, and then I packed my bag, and I got up while he was talking, and I went to the airport <laughs> because I because I wanted to be at home with my kids. And I thought, you know, sometimes with mom flicked, we choose um, the business thing because it's going to grow our business or grow the legacy or the opportunity for our kids, and that's okay, and there's no guilt in that. If I felt like this person had been adding to my wealth bank of knowledge or bank account, I I would have chosen to stay. I felt like I was just being polite and putting in the time at the moment and getting nothing out of it, which is withdrawing from my kid's account so then I look and say, if I were home with the kids, I could be helping them pick out shoes and lay out their outfit and polish up their lunch boxes. And mm-hmm. um, and so at that point, it wasn't a choice. It was, okay, register the domain, get my plane ticket, and let's go. And I flew home early and surprised the kids. Now, the other great thing about that is when you surprise them early instead of always catering to them, they appreciate it more. Right oh, mom, I thought you were going to be home till late, like bedtime. Well, I wasn't, but because I really wanted to have this day of prep with you guys, I made a decision. And today, mom flicked one. But the fact is, sometimes we do have to choose the business decision. Sometimes it's wise, and sometimes it's good for them. I have missed some of my daughter's marching band games. I'll tell her, pick the two that are most important for me to be there, and I'll block those dates. But you have to know the other ones. If I have a speaking gig to go to or a consulting gig, you have to know that sometimes I'm going to miss. I've seen concerts over FaceTime. I have missed some things. But you know what, Kelly? The amazing things is my kids will now tell you that I've never missed anything.
0: Of course. Yeah. Because, right. They don't don't see.
1: They don't see. Now, I'm not sitting there watching them tap dance their whole lesson. I'm not sitting there watching every soccer practice. I'm not that mom. I mean, I am multitasking and doing things while we're there. But I'm there for the important stuff. And I let them decide what the important stuff looks like. Now, there are three weeks in the summer we block off that nothing touches, and that's right now. That's uh, drama camp. When they have music theater camp, the two little ones... immerse themselves for three weeks in this camp. They come home at night, but they do this camp nine to five every day. And then the last weekend is a huge production, two huge performances. And so literally I've had people call me for next year and say, we have two conferences. We want you to come keynote. And I make a nice keynote fee. And my first question was, well, what dates is it in July? Because there are there's a weekend in there that is non-negotiable that I cannot miss. And uh, my daughter heard one of those conversations the other day. She said, Mom, you would not give up that keynote fee because she knows what I make. You would not give that up to come see that camp performance. I said, listen, sister, absolutely. It's part of the journey. It's a big deal for all of us. We invest heavily in this. I'm not going to miss those. Those are some of the important times. But then there are other things that aren't as important. So they have to understand priorities and that sometimes they are the priority and sometimes the business event has to be the priority. And that doesn't mean family isn't first. It means what benefits the family is first. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? There's oh a my difference.
0: gosh, completely. And and I think, yeah, it's exactly what you said. It's it's you have this account and you have that account. And it's, I think, you know, I come back to this word intentional because I can tell that every single decision that you make, every single thing that happens in your business and with your family is so extremely intentional. And because of that, that is why you're able to balance all of your priorities and and give them the best that you have and and feel satisfied that you're impacting all of them. I think that's where people struggle is they continue doing things out of habit or obligation or guilt or because they've always done them that way on one side, which might be continuing to clean your house or mow the grass yourself or whatever it is that could save you hours at home. Or on the flip side, in your business, I mean, I, I find entrepreneurs a lot of times get stuck doing a lot of things that they, quote unquote, think they're supposed to be doing, yeah. um, but they aren't making them any money. They're not right. moving them forward. They're not helping them achieve their goals. If they cut all that out, they could work so much less, you know, yeah. every week, earn the same or even more because they're reallocating the energy to other things. So I, I love every single thing that you're sharing here, Carrie.
1: Awesome. Yeah, intentionality is huge. And, it, and it's not because it's some little secret I've stumbled on, but it is. Is when you have a special needs child, when you have four kids, when you have a business at home, and for ten years was the sole provider. My husband worked for me, as a matter of fact, and we made that work. Um, you have to be intentional because there's only so much you. But then there's this other thing that happens, Kelly. And somebody asked me this at a live event the other day, and I, a lot of people think I'm unfiltered, but the fact is I have to answer very carefully instead of reactively. But she said. Well how do you how do you grow your business and juggle your family and this and that without just being exhausted? And I said, What's wrong with being exhausted? there's nothing wrong with it. Why do we avoid tired or exhausted? The fact is there was a time in our country's history that when you collapsed into bed at the end of the day and your head hit the pillow with exhaustion, you had a fulfillment. Yeah. You had a satisfaction of a day well spent. You know, there there are Olympic trials going on right now. And what I love is watching track and field. Now, let me just tell you, I do not run unless I'm being chased by something like a bear. I just don't. It's not a thing. I do, but I love watching track and field. And here's why those runners, when they cross the finish line, the winners, the first two or three, typically the other ones see that they're not going to win and they kind of give up. And that always makes me a little sad to see them slow down. Like you still need to get your time in just go yeah. ahead and finish. But the first three, they will literally like collapse at the end of the finish line. They will fa- I saw a girl the other day, she came in first place. I wish I could remember her name. She fell on her back at the end of the finish line. She was number 1. The reporter interviewed her laying down on wow. the track because that's part of her recovery. And I want to say that girl left it on the field. Yes. That that's girl is a she has a pride in the race that she ran. The great thing about the way that we're created is we're we're created that the way we fuel ourselves and the way that we rest recharges us, and we get to start again tomorrow. I think so much of what is now being called exhaustion and overwhelm and all that is because of our worry about being tired. Yes. It's or the our, mental. It, yes. It is, yes. It is such an attitude. And I love, love falling into bed weary. I love it. It means I left it on the field that day. I didn't reserve it. I have a friend whose wife complains of chronic insomnia, complains. And so everything that she does is kind of an energy reserve. Well, I'm not going to do that at that time because then I'll be so tired tomorrow. It's uh, it's constant functioning in fear of being tired. And so one time uh, he said, you have any ideas for helping her sleep? And I said, well, she needs to get tired. Yeah. She She needs to do more in order to get tired. I don't think she's doing enough to get tired because she has this fear of this not sleeping. So the fact is, I can't tell you how not to be exhausted. I can tell you that I do feel better now that I am fueling my body in a really smart way. I monitor my energy to know what crashes me what energizes me, what leaves me feeling kind of gross and and those kind of things. So I do pay attention to what I put in my body. I'm not a nut by any means about all that, but I am intentional, again, about what goes in my mouth. The other thing is I pay attention to how much sleep I get, you know, and I function optimally with about seven hours of sleep. And I do pop out of bed without an alarm every morning, about two hours before my kids do because I'm rested and I'm fueled. Uh, and and then I monitor what my energy levels look like during the day. And I do my my most intentional and alert work during those times that I know I historically have the best energy. I don't do a lot of hard thinking stuff after 2 p.m. in the afternoon because I know that my brain's tired. And yeah. so I do more like social media or... Organizing, or maybe admin, or those kind of things, and I tend to take a break at that point because I just am very intentional about that. But um, it is exhausting working a full time job. It is exhausting jug- juggling multiple businesses and kids and those kind of things. But boundaries help. Being aware helps. Feed yourself more wisely. Rest. You know, honor that, and and I think that will that will help.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. All good things. And I I couldn't agree more. I had a conversation with my husband. We were falling asleep last night. And the last thing that we said before we went to sleep was, we're the most exhausted we've ever been in our lives and we've never been so happy. Right. And it's exactly what you just said, Carrie. It is 100%. It's what you just said because we are so... We feel so honored to get to raise Madison, our daughter, yeah. Yeah. and we are having so much fun being totally like in it with her and in this stage of life. And we go to bed completely exhausted every night but we love it. We're the happiest we've ever been because of exactly what you just shared. So I think that's a new insight and a new perspective for everyone listening. I've certainly never heard anyone speak that way before. It's, It's something to take away, you know, really honoring, you know, ending the day, leaving it on the field and finishing, you know, knowing that, yeah, you are exhausted, but you're fulfilled because you made real progress.
1: Yeah, and I know people say, oh, well, you don't understand my kid doesn't sleep or you don't understand, you know, this oh, or that. He has
0: their story, right? Well,
1: <laughs> everybody has their excuse. Let's yeah. just call it what it is. Everybody has their yeah. My 12 year old did not sleep through the night until she was five. She was in right. bed with me till she was three, and she was in my room on the floor till she was five. It wasn't until later that she was more comfortable. She has high anxiety, and she just could not do it. So I don't need anybody sending me emails about co sleeping. First of all, none of your business. I'm just saying, I didn't sleep. Right. For six years or so, I didn't sleep through the night. And that's when I was growing that first big, crazy business. And I started the Barefoot Executive and juggled that at that business at the same time with kids that didn't sleep. And it doesn't mean I'm superhuman. It means I made choices. And we all make choices. We can either make choices or excuses. It's hard to do both.
0: That is it. I absolutely love it. So, Carrie, um first of all, you have been an unbelievable guest today. Thank you so much for all the incredible insight that you shared. Definitely some new and different things that none of our guests have ever spoken about before. So, I am absolutely thrilled to get this episode out there. I know there's people that probably want to learn more about booking you for speaking or um how they could po- potentially work with you. What's the best way to get in touch?
1: Yeah, CarrieWilkerson.com, C-A-R-R-I-E, Wilkerson.com is my main site. It has my speaking information. It has a free video coaching series if you just need a little shot in the arm for about seven days. Um, Also, I'm really active on Facebook on my business page, Barefoot Executives. So those are two great places for folks to get in touch with me.
0: That is fantastic. Awesome. Any final note that you want to leave our listeners with?
1: You know, um, nothing is impossible, that, you know, that's I really if I have one message for people, it's nothing is impossible. You want to think it is or you want to excuse yourself out of progress or you want to look at the people around you and say, I don't think it can be done, but it can be done. You yes. just have to be intentional with your choices and intentional with your action and stop making excuses. Instead, take action.
0: Absolutely love it. Thank you for being an incredible guest, Carrie. I really appreciate everything you shared today. For everybody listening, thanks for being with us for this episode of Unstoppable Success Radio. And do me a favor before you go if there's two people that you really love, that you care about, that you know would get immense value out of this episode, do me a favor, shoot them an email, tell them about Unstoppable Success Radio, and get them to listen to this awesome episode with Carrie Wilkerson. Carrie, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Kelly. Before you go make sure you grab a copy of unstoppable nine principles for unlimited success in business and in life the audiobook is now available by going to kellyroachcoaching.com forward slash unstoppable and if you apply for a free audible trial you're going to get your copy of the book absolutely for free go to kellyroachcoaching.com forward slash unstoppable